Hello, and welcome to Mandatory Redistribution Party. This episode is about nationalisation and privatisation. We try to challenge both the idea of the market as the best and most efficient way of getting things done, as well as the idea that state ownership should be a fundamental goal of the left. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen someone on the right mock leftists, maybe even you, for critiquing capitalism on an iPhone made under capitalism. How dare you complain about the reign of the Dark Lord while you sit in a dungeon built by generations of slaves he bought fair and square. You might also have seen a leftist response to this iPhone gambit by pointing out capitalism didn't make the iPhone, workers did. Or you might have seen them say that the iPhone was built based on billions of dollars of research and development funded by the US and some other governments. You know, touchscreen displays, GPS, voice recognition, the internet came from the state, not the market. But as radical leftists, is the best way to further our goals defending the state, especially these states? Can markets, as they exist today, even do so without the state? Hmm, what interesting things to think about. Okay, so I've got a business idea. We can make a bit of money on the side. I'm in. I've got money to invest. Maybe there's like a fire. Uh Uh-huh. I'm in. You phone... Uh, the Water Boys. Yeah. And the water, you don't have to be a boy, that's just the branding. Water, W A T A. Yeah. Boys, B O I Z. Water Boys. Okay. Um, your phone is, hello? There's a fire. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Where? Where's the fire? Where's oh, the fire? God. Uh, please put your postcode and then put postcode in on the phone. Yeah. Beep, boop. Boop, 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 boop. And the Water Boys come. They have a truck full to the fucking brim with water. Oh, like a big cup. Like a cup. But huge that yeah, you can drive. A big cup. Oh, big cup. So let I'm looking at a big cup. Where do I go in to start driving this? The cup is inside another structure, an oblong a, cuboid. A bus. Kind of like a bus. Cup, but cup, imagine cup imagine a bus. bus, a single decker bus, maybe a bendy bus even. Yeah. Seventy five percent of it is a cup. Oh yeah. Just full to fuck Thirsty. with water. Not allowed, not drinking water. Oh. And then the front of the bus, the bit that you drive is still there. Yeah, it's a cup and a bus. Yeah, bus cup. So that the water boys come in this cup bus and they use the water from the cup to douse the flames. There's not water everywhere. The sprinkling on it. Not wicked sprinkling. There's not water everywhere, right? Sometimes, not enough for a massive cup. Not enough yeah. to put out a big fire. Right? Yeah. So they, they come, they bring this fucking massive load massive of water. cup, yeah. Empty it. It's yeah, on, they've spray. got guns, like a kind of long gun that shoots water uh-huh. from the cup. Yeah, the cup is ammo and they shoot water at the fire till it's gone. Till right, it's gone. so the cup's like the magazine. Oh, it's like Splatoon. Yes, it's like Splatoon. It's like Splatoon, okay. Yeah, yeah. you're aiming at f- f- the enemy is fire. Right. So I'm in my house. 
I'm yeah. having a candle day. Yeah. It's all gone a bit wrong. Smells lovely. Pear-shaped. Oh, curtains are gone. Let's get Splatoon going. Water boys. Don't Sorry. phone Splatoon. Yeah. And that stuff looks, that's actually really flammable. Nintendo don't talk about it's it. It's paint flammable. What Splatoon is firing, that particular petroleum-based paint. Oh, no. Nintendo, it's a real scandal that Nintendo's PR companies are really trying to put out fires there. You phone the water boys, put in your postcode. They'll get, yeah. they'll find it. Okay. Water boys app. This is going to be really it. expensive though, these water boys, I imagine. No. If they're bringing a massive Yeah, what's cup, more expensive though, right? Leaving your house burning or paying for the water boys. Even if the water boys is £8,000, if your entire house burns down, you're going to burn Well, I, it, I rent, so I'm not really liable for the... If it was from your candles, the landlord's going to blame you and get the money from you. I think the wax candles don't leave. What? Well, I mean... You're blaming the wax. No, you I'm saying the, the evidence will melt. What, like murdering someone with an ice thing? So you, Murdering someone with an ice thing? So you phone a water bottle, right? And then, I mean, why has no one ever thought of it? There's all these... You know, everyone, boys, yeah. Everyone's just, you know, like, I see a fire break out and everyone's just shouting fire. Screaming, everyone, I'm trying to film, it. you know, there was a fire yeah. on my street and I'm filling pint glass with... Of, I, got, I got this, is this any use? Yeah. Chuck it on. Does hardly anything. Last time I saw a fire, it was a few miles down the road. Yeah. And I said, I'll go get my bellows. <laughs> yeah. And then I ran all the way home. But then I was just so tired when I got there, I just went to bed. Really? I was just too tired. I'd run all the way home. I can't bring my bellows all the way back. Don't bellows fuel a fire, Sean? Don't, aren't they used by like a blacksmith to... No, you, to, it depends where you put the, the air. It depends where okay. you put the air. I think if you just bellows it from the top, maybe that's. So no, maybe I we should think be the you're right. I think I shouldn't boys. have brought my Bellow bellows. Board, board. No, let's. I think well, you're, you were cup. correct. Actually, bellows ninety percent of the time will make things worse. I, I mean, are you in though? Because I got. You need to help me with a problem. Oh, of course, I'm an investor. Yeah, yeah. I want ninety percent, and I'll give you ten huh? grand. What? I want ninety percent, and I'll give you ten grand. That's my opening gambit we can't i'm not negotiating live on air right we'll, we'll sort this out okay here. dm me right but you're definitely not getting that much there's a problem right so our, you know the remember the thing the cup bus yeah cuppy bus not cuppy cup cup bus yeah right the water cup transporting. hyphen capital e hyphen bus cuppy oh bus. so it's electronic because we use an app yeah yeah okay cup e yeah bus. this is why i wanted you on board yeah that's really good like horse ebooks uh, what oh someone will get that <laughs> so, here's a problem right the fire started you go on the app you put in your postcode or your phone maybe let's just go for an app because then we don't have to hire a call center we have to pay that's on good a call yeah center. straight to the app right we don't need a base of operations or anything for the for the water boys maybe you can just be you know chilling out in your house and then the, the, you know you got you you buy you buy your own cuppy bus is that what cuppy we said? Bus, yeah you buy your own cuppy bus and you keep that on the drive loaded full of water yeah and then the app Ah, oh, sweet. I got to work. I got Maybe we should just have a few just driving around constantly. Well, here's the thing, right? So there's driving around. When the fires break out, often there's not anything between any of the buildings. There's just dirt or rubble. I don't really understand how anything kind of gets anywhere. So if if you were a cuppy bus and you were going along, you need something. Yeah, like a hard and flat. Hard and flat. And but it would gray. need to be clear, you know, one side for one side forward. Cars that are driving backwards are on the right, and cars that are driving forwards, forwards on the left. Yeah, yeah. Then other stuff could go along, could go along that, and we just like and then animals we, or animal livestock, um, barrels, a, a truck full of eggs, oh, a circus. That's good. Um, a tube, 
A tube. Yeah. You could put a tube on it. Un- here. Roll whoa, it whoa, 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 whoa. You could put a tube under it. That's and, interesting. And wait. Like a straw. We're, jump- we're jumping. We're making leaps, right? Who's going to pay for it? Well, we just... We could put adverts on the app. But adverts on the app... Yeah. But that won't road. cover these massive cups. Though. Yeah. So you've got two options. You can you can press Waterboys regular mm. or Road Waterboys twice the price. Yeah. But these are going to get them much quicker. And if you want to... Other than the one we're seeing, you can buy a road subscription. You could go on the road. You could go on the road. You could go. Oh, you don't even yes. have to say what. You could go on the road. So you you're probably with the smash into the egg truck. Well, you avoid that. You know, stick. That's why we came up with the sides. Yeah, that's you're we right. Came up with the sides. So if you're going backwards, yeah. this egg truck's going backwards. You're you go reversing. Yeah, yeah, go on and, the other right. And then we could also have like a different plans as well. So like, obviously, not everyone's going to want to go at the same speeds. So maybe we have premium plan speed road. Yeah, that's good. You can zoom along there. And what about if you play like a premium, you can like choose what water is thrown on and the water can be different colors. Flavor. is good. Or it mm. could be like lemonade. Yeah. I'd love to have my house fire put out by Vimto. <laughs> <Or> gravy. <laughs> yeah. I realize that one of the problems, the reason we're having all these fires yeah. is everyone's using, everyone's like light in their house and like warming it. With like, f- with like fire. That's not so good. Not, I yeah. think this is a real problem. So I had another business idea. Maybe we use, you know that, have you seen that electricity? I love it. I have yeah. a massive battery at home. What do you hook it up to? Just a lava lamp. What if we somehow harnessed w- the wind or the tide? Because uh-huh. you know how they move? That's going to be generating energy. And, and then and just and stop could, there or... Well, the only problem I can think about it is if, what if someone else comes up with water boys or or a road, or oh, we an, could or email. We could patent the ideas. What does that mean? We write down the idea, yeah, and then we show it to lots of other people, and they go, "Oh, I've seen that you've come up with that on this date." Yeah. If anyone else does it, we get to smash their one to bits. Oh fuck! Are or we maybe we to- could hire maybe like um, Punch Boys, a sort of a water boy spinoff. What's the What's the Punch Boy do? They will go around and um, just punch people who've broken uh, the rules. Or that doesn't seem this is, what that doesn't seem on. You'd have to get a larger set of punch boys if you want to take on our punch boys. What? Uh, one rule is uh, you drive backwards on this lane. Yeah, but why? Why the what are these rules? Where are these rules coming from? I don't. Are I who's think paying the, for them? Well, the rules kind of. Come where do you in. order them? I think you learn what the rules are when the punch boys start punching you because when they're punching you they'll go we're punching you because you had like an illegal wire coming out of the sea powering your lava lamp sounds expensive i don't know Mm. if we've got we could just make more money i don't understand okay so you see the money we do have yeah we could just print out more of these sheets of money yeah we could just make more of this and then give it to people to pay for services how will we get that how why well, just set the printer and I say print 50 more money right. and then it comes out and then I stick it on the pile of money. And then, and then people, when I give that to people, they'll be like, this is money. But what if someone else starts printing that? Punch boys. Punch boys? Punch boys come back in, yeah. Oh God, these really... The punch boys have really a really flexible them, job, yeah. They do a lot. Because all of our plans are really flimsy in one way or the other. They just involve someone else doing it. So the only way I can see it is just we roll out quite a lot of these punch boys. <laughs> Because they're going to become very important because our plan has loads of problems. <laughs> so the punch, the punch boys become really necessary for basically every element of it. Oh. Like if someone touches the wire, someone that I don't know has gone in my mail. <laughs> someone touches 
is the way. <laughs> You'll have to work out, do you want to be electrocuted or do you want to get punched? Well, you really want to touch the wire. Do I want to be electrocuted or do I want to be punched? I, I, I've just realised <laughs> that the only the options are you get neither or both. Because <laughs> if you get electrocuted, it means you've touched the wire. And that's not allowed. If you punch someone that's getting electrocuted, don't you get electrocuted? <laughs> Socialism means placing the means of production, distribution and exchange in the hands of the workers. It doesn't mean having a welfare state, investing in schools or hating James O'Brien. Although socialists might support these things because they're great. Socialists stand in opposition to class society and the parasitic business class. Capitalism must be overthrown to achieve socialism. The private ownership of the means of production, distribution and exchange needs to end. This is why Clause 4... The Revenge? What? George 4, The Revenge. Tagline, this time it's personal. Now, Clause 4 of the UK Labour Party's constitution, how can it be How can it be personal with a shark? Right, I've not seen Clause 4 of the UK Labour Party's constitution. Is, is, it, is it any good? Well, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to explain. Clause 4 was seen as the Labour Party's first explicit commitment to socialism. First written in November 1917, Clause 4 promised the Labour Party would Secure for the workers by hand or by brain the full fruits of their industry and the most equitable distribution thereof that may be possible upon the basis of the common ownership of the means of production, distribution and exchange and the best obtainable system of popular administration and control of each industry or service. Another thing that happened in 1917 was of course the Dutch exotic dancer Mata Harry is arrested in Paris on suspicion that she is a German spy. No, I was going to, the Russian Revolution the Russian Revolution. Ah, well, you know, she wasn't a German spy. The Germans gave her 20,000 francs to spy for them, and she did take it, but she thought it was repayment for the first jewels and money that the Germans had seized from her when the war broke out. Cheers. Okay, but on the Russian Revolution, as well as overthrowing the Tsar, Russian workers seized control of their workplaces, managing them through workers' councils called Soviets, with the Bolsheviks coming to power on the back of the slogan, All Power to the Soviets. In Leeds, in the UK, over a thousand delegates from various parts of the British Labour movement gathered to discuss the lessons of the Russian Revolution, including future Labour Prime Minister Ramsay MacDonald. Yes, there was a Soviet in Yorkshire. One of the main objectives these delegates agreed on was forming workers' councils in the UK. But this didn't happen because of internal weaknesses in the Labour movement and state repression. In Russia, for various complicated reasons we don't need to get into here for fear of instigating a flame war amongst our listeners. The Soviets would become a shell of what they were in 1917, replaced by nationalisation and central planning. And instead of workers being in control, the state was. Workers had to answer to a manager, often the same manager they chucked out back in 1917. Workers still had to sell their labour to live, rent out their body and mind for a wage that allowed them to buy stuff. I really don't think this is capitalism. You can tell because of that whole Cold War thing when the capitalists based their entire foreign policy on stopping this kind of thing. But it also doesn't quite fit with socialism, as described a minute ago. We don't really see workers' control of the means of production, distribution and exchange unless we decide that the workers are Joseph Stalin. If you really want to argue that this was socialism, you'd probably say that the Communist Party was the party of the working class. 
And because the Communist Party, the party of the working class, controlled the economy, the working class controlled the economy. This logic was the same basic logic of the Labour Party in the UK when it came to Clause 4. Socialism is nationalising stuff. If the government owns it, it's got to be socialist, right? MI5? Socialist. 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 Nukes. Socialist. 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 In the 1945 general election, Labour beat Churchill's Tories into power by a massive landslide. Among its many radical reforms, Labour nationalised the Bank of England, electricity, gas, railways and coal. By 1951, 20% of the economy was in the hands of the state. Now obviously, the 80% of the economy that remained in private hands ain't socialism. But what about that 20%? Clause 4 promised popular administration and control of each industry or service, by which they mean control by the people. Labour's 1944 conference also demanded workers' control. On the 1st of January 1947, a notice was posted at every colliery in the country, reading This colliery is now managed by the National Coal Board on behalf of the people. So the people, the miners, were not in control. The National Coal Board would be running things on their behalf? This was basically the same managers who'd been running it before with a new name and integrated into the state. The National Coal Board is the same institution that will later collaborate with the Thatcher government against the miners. Which doesn't seem that socialist. When Labour nationalised coal in the 1940s, the industry was in dire need of investment. The Tories knew this too, so they didn't oppose nationalisation of coal. So why? Given the vast majority of the country's electricity relied on coal, an unproductive coal industry, i.e. expensive coal, or coal shortages, was a problem for any business. Once nationalised, between 1947 and 1956, the state invested more than £550 million on improvements. And by 1957, Britain's coal industry was so productive, it was producing the cheapest coal in Europe. Nationalising coal then functioned as a subsidy to the rest of the economy, the parts that were still privately owned, reducing their costs and making their businesses more profitable. You can see how the same logic applies to gas and water. Even the NHS follows a similar logic. Now the NHS is obviously great and often held up as a crowning achievement of British socialism. Sure, the NHS at the time of its creation wasn't under the control of capitalists, but nor was it under the control of workers. It was under the control of the state. The NHS was originally conceived by liberal politician and eugenicist Baron William Beveridge, and its organisation remained hierarchical and bureaucratic. Again, from the point of view of business, the NHS was a good way to keep the workers their profits depended on fit and ready to work. If the Labour Party in 1945 had actually tried to implement full fat socialism, workers control the means of production, distribution and exchange, you'd expect the British business class to have resisted that tooth and nail. And yeah, most of them would have preferred the Tories. But they didn't have much of a problem with Labour's nationalisation programme. The business class of the 1940s had seen how free market fundamentalism had led to the Great Depression. They'd also seen how state control had helped win World War II. They also knew that their businesses would benefit from rebuilt road and rail networks and a reliable electricity supply. They saw the benefits of the state rebuilding and expanding these things. These infrastructure projects all required long-term investment without much short-term profit, not the kind of thing capitalists are interested in. So let the state do it and all businesses will benefit. Nationalisation then did not mean socialism. Did not mean socialism. Those in charge of nationalised industries functioned exactly like the old capitalist managers and were often the same people. Later governments, both Labour and Tory, worked with these managers against workers again and again. The Attlee Labour government definitely improved the lives of millions of workers. 
But their nationalisation programme wasn't about overthrowing capitalism, it was about making it more efficient. I might be confusing here because generally socialists support nationalisation rather than privatisation. And I do too, generally. What I'm trying to address is the common retort to suggesting nationalisation of Well, we tried that, didn't we, and it didn't work. Trying to take us back to the 1970s, make me replace all my wallpaper with cock. Yeah, a fifth of British industry was nationalised for a long time, but that didn't make it socialist. And that kind of nationalisation isn't what most socialists advocate for today. From the very beginning under Attlee, nationalisation was not about workers' control, but about managing capitalism more efficiently. It's true, Britain's nationalised industries had problems, and they became bloated and inefficient. What'd you call me? Ah, oh, I thought you'd gone. I'm looking for George for the revenge online. Can't stream it anyway, but I can get a Blu-ray. The nationalised industries didn't respond to the needs of working people because they weren't run by or for working people. Elected councils of workers and local people might have enabled democratic planning in the interests of the people. But in the 1970s, when the post-war boom ended in economic turmoil, this was not the solution that was presented. The problem was nationalisation. The solution was privatisation. Give workers even less control and place these industries back in the hands of capital. Under Thatcher, and every government since, nationalised industries were snatched back by business. Thatcher flogged British Gas in 1986, then Water in 1989. The Right to Buy programme basically sold off council houses. John Major sold off coal and the railways. Thatcher saw New Labour as her greatest achievement because rather than reverse this trend, they continued it through private finance initiatives. They even let the tentacles of capital into prisons, hospitals and schools. The Tory Lib Dem coalition that followed New Labour sold off student debt, the Royal Mail, and further opened up the NHS to private business. Private companies could even make money testing if someone was fit for work, a programme that contributed to the deaths of thousands since 2010. The right wing of the Labour Party started trying to abandon Clause 4 as early as the 1950s. This shouldn't be surprising given that Labour didn't actually implement it when they got a giant majority, but still. The left of the party managed to defend Clause 4 though, it was even printed on party membership cards at one point. Clause 4 was eventually killed off by Tony Blair in 1995. A special conference was held at the Methodist Central Hall, Westminster, where the original Clause 4 had been adopted in 1918. The special conference was technically illegal, and because of this was challenged by the leader of the National Union of Mine Workers, Arthur Scargill. But the 1995 conference voted to retrospectively legalise it, and 85% of local party ballots supported the abandonment of the old Clause 4. By winning this vote, Blair was granted a mandate to, quote, modernise, unquote, the Labour Party. The last large-scale nationalisation that took place in the UK was undertaken by Gordon Brown, Blair's Chancellor, but then Prime Minister. The collapse of Northern Rock Bank signalled the worst crisis capitalism had faced in decades. Labour, with the support of the Tories, saved Northern Rock by nationalising it. The government also nationalised parts of RBS and Lloyds. Was Clause 4 back from the dead? No, it's a different shark. It's not a, it's not a zombie shark. Don't be stupid. These nationalisations gave no power to the people of Britain over these banks. The main effect was to turn the bank debt into government debt. You know, the same debt we're paying interest on now, the same debt that was used to justify a decade of cuts and blamed, for some reason, on firemen, nurses and disabled people. But once the banks become profitable again, those profits will go to the government, right? Because the government owns... Uh, oh, no, they were privatised at a loss to the taxpayer. In conclusion, privatisation is bad, and nationalisation, without workers' control, is also bad, and not really socialism. 
Another thing is, nationalisation is all about the state, right? If you're going to abolish private property and establish workers' control, what do you need the state for? Socialism requires the economic and social liberation of the workers, an economy based not on profit, but fulfilling people's needs, a goal only achievable by genuine people power. Faced with rampant inequality and a global climate crisis, an economy controlled by and for the people is the only way out. And that's not taken us back to the 1970s. It's not even taken us back to 1917. It's taken us somewhere better. Leeds. You are? Oh, sorry, socialism. Socialism's taken us to socialism. Do you know about the Isle of Skye toll bridge? Uh, no, I know nothing about the Isle of Skye toll bridge. Do you know you know the Isle of Skye? I only know of it. I don't even know where it is. Scotland. Okay, so it's one of the islands off of the top of Scotland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So the Isle of Skye toll bridge is the first private finance initiative, the first PFI. Okay, what year are we talking? Early 90s. Okay. Uh, John Major. So John Major introduced PFI. And then New Labour went like completely bananas with it. They were doing like 60 a year. Okay. The the first. Yeah. Genesis. PFI Genesis is this Isle of Skye toll bridge. And it's one of the most bonkers sagas of corporate and state entanglement and bullying of poor people. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to give a little potted definition of a PFI as well? A PFI is a private finance initiative where the government outsources something and they've done it to loads of things. So not just this toll bridge, they've done it uh, with hospitals and policing and prisons. Channel uh, tunnel. (laughs) Yeah, channel tunnel. The government essentially guarantees a profit to a private company in order to provide a service. That's what a PFI is. And this, this was the first one. This was like ground zero the experiment and the closest i've ever had to that in comedy i've known one comedy festival that guaranteed a profit to comedians amazing i just submitted loads of shows (laughs) (laughs) did them to no one and so did everyone else and i think the comedy festival lasted one year (laughs) and then never came back it just said we will give you like i can't remember 80 or 100 pounds no matter what that's your guarantee and it's like, what, Ooh. to go and perform a show in the middle of the week in Wolverhampton? Okay. <laughs> Do you want this other show I'm working on? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was incredible. It's not running anymore. It's gone. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. You got in. You got in the gold rush. <laughs> I PFI'd it. <laughs> so one of the weird things about PFIs is that if there's ever a conflict between paying dividend, you know, like paying profits or delivering the service, the profit takes priority. Mm-hmm. So the things I just listed, like hospitals, you know, you, you could be in a horror show where operations aren't happening in an, an NHS hospital or something, and the legal priority isn't to get that, make the operations happen, it's make sure the profit happens. Yeah. That's priority number one. And th- this is the origins of that, the Isle of Skye toll bridge. So UK has just invented PFIs. This is the first PFI. For all PFI enthusiasts, the eyes of the country <laughs> fall on the Isle of Skye. Well, they, they don't. The reason it's done on the Isle of Skye is because it's away from the political centre of London. Oh, so if it turns out this is a massive failure, the press won't be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The press don't care. It's mm-hmm. a huge scandal. Local press cares. This is such a complete car crash that if the pre- national press did actually do its role of like holding the government to account, no more PFIs would mm-hmm. have happened. It would have been a complete scandal. 
but it, right, listen. So there's no bridge. We start, there's no bridge. We're going back in time. There is no bridge to the Isle of Skye. No bridge to the Isle of Skye. But it's small, like the smallest bit of water is like a mile. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you could put a bridge there, right? Yeah. Pretty easy. But they got a ferry, mm-hmm. like a government-run ferry. People want, though, they want, they say like, well, why isn't there a bridge? You know, there's bridges to similar places in England. There's a bridge. Why haven't we got a bridge? Yeah. Right? Government says, okay, we'll give you a bridge, but we got, you know, we got, we haven't got a limited amount of money. You know, do you want, you know, we got to spend it on the police. We got to spend it on the hospitals. We can't afford a bridge. So we'll do a private finance initiative where a private company will bring forward the money and build it and then they'll pay it off with a toll. But you'll get your bridge. Mm-hmm. You want your bridge, don't you? So that's that's what happens. The bridge gets built, funded by the Bank of America. Okay. And what happened was when the bridge opened, the toll bridge, a few interesting things. So thing one to cross the bridge and come back was £11.40 in 1995, yeah. making it pounds per metre the most expensive toll bridge on planet Earth. Wow. Because it's just a mile long. Oh. Paying £11 to go over it. Wait, wait. Okay. And they shut down all the ferries. The government shut down all the ferries. So now the only way for you to get to the Isle of Skye or, you know, vice versa is on the toll bridge, which is owned by the Bank of America. So you've got to pay money to America if you live on the Isle of Skye and you want to go and buy something from the mainland yeah or you know or maybe you need medical care yeah (laughs) right there's a whole heap of issues with this to clarify the fourth road bridge 80 pence wow (laughs) so it's inordinately expensive but not only is it inordinately expensive the other previously government provided means of getting to and from this island gone the government takes it away you have to now work with this private company okay and the isle of Skye is one of the most deprived areas of the country right so they've basically trapped people on an island they've trapped poor people on an island they can go out and in if they pay a toll to the bank of america okay so how big is the isle of Skye? it's like ten thousand people yeah, so you're going to need to leave the Isle Sky for all kinds of things that don't exist on that island. Yeah, well, and people work on the people work in Scotland, so they got. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People are using it all the time. Mm-hmm. The people of Sky are not happy mm-hmm. with this, right? They kick off. A leader emerges from their movement. Nice, Robbie the Picked. Uh-huh. Check out him out on Spotify. He's got some bangers. Do you know? Have you ever heard of Robbie the Pict? No. Okay. Bit of background on the Isle of Skye. He has established his own state, the Pictish Free State. Okay. And the Picts were the tribes that the Romans couldn't conquer. Yeah, as well. sort of Celtic Bronze yeah. Age. So they're the unconquer. Like it's the, it's the name that was given to like a swathe of unconquerable Highland tribes. Yeah, and he did stuff like <laughs> he's basically got a couple of kilometers, square kilometers of land that he's saying is the Pictish Free State. He issues his own plates. Okay. Number plates. Uh, The government is, you know, going nuts at him for that to the point that at one point he had to uh, seek asylum in Estonia. For issuing license plates on a corner of the Isle of Skye. That he's decided is his. Yeah. Yeah. So, so well, that's how a state starts. In 2006, more recently, he had a campaign to have traffic light surveillance cameras declared illegal because they have never been formally approved by Parliament. Uh, and, and to clarify, the, so so he in Nottingham, he ran a red light. Uh-huh. His response to you know the charge or whatever of running this red light was instead of paying it or going to whatever training they'd send you on, right. 
was to say, no, no, the fact that you have recorded me going through a red light is a breach of international law. Okay. Because you've not, you know, Parliament's supposed to be sovereign and there is nothing on the books that says you can have traffic light surveillance cameras. So you're getting a picture of Robbie the Pict. How did that go for him? Is that correct? I like, think that what? might still still be ongoing. Yeah, he sounds great. So that's Robbie the Pict. He's sort of the figurehead, but it's an it's a movement of all the islanders. They do yeah, a, they yeah, do a yeah, petition, yeah. but like, they know that if they let Robbie lead from the front, he's not going to let go of this issue. No, yeah, he's he's the guy. <laughs> after you want. what he did with the traffic lights, <laughs> he's who you want on the negotiating table. Yeah. Right. Really quickly, they get a petition out. About seven thousand people sign it. You know, almost yeah. the whole almost everyone that lives on the island signs this petition. Government ignore it. Company ignores it. So then they start doing direct action. Mm -hmm. They just refuse to pay. By refusing to pay, you know, collectively, they're quite strong in doing so. But you're going up against the, the Bank, Bank of, of America. America. So who's the Bank of America going to call? Oh, the, the cops. Yeah. So the cops arrest everyone. They arrest 600 people for not paying the toll. Uh you know, doctors, engineers, shopkeepers, yeah. all different kinds of people. And they charged them with anything they could think of. Robbie the Pict specifically was charged with 129 different offences, of which 25 he is still fighting in court. Wow. Just related to not, not paying, paying the yep, toll yep. bridge booth. Yeah, because see, he's seen as like a figurehead of... You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They go um, hard, on, hard on him. There is a court on the island, like a little sheriff's court or whatever, but the government decided that, oh, actually, we need to prosecute these people in Dingwall, which is 120 miles away, and across the Tall yeah. Bridge. There's examples of people turning up to court as many as 15 times to defend a single case of non-payment which would be you know half the 11 pound what is about five pounds something yeah because presumably it's the, it's the bank of america doing this as well as the cops right yeah sure but the bank of america's only feet on the ground is the uk police so yeah the uk police is like fully happy to be complicit in this oh uh, yeah deeply complicit but the police and judicial systems are like but i oh. wonder what people in the in the back room of that are really scared about the bank of america getting angry what would the Bank of America do if the UK police refused to prosecute this? Yeah, if you're like a local, if you're in charge of the police here, why are you doing this? I mean, I would just argue that it's the institutional structure. You know, ACAB, of course, they're going to fucking align themselves with the Bank of America. Sure, I guess I'm people. just curious of like... What would their justification would be? If there could be... They were just, if, 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 if there the was law. or hypothetically was someone who goes, I don't really give a shit about this. This isn't like our law. This is some Americans all the way over there that want us to prosecute our own people. I don't know if I can be bothered. This is a, not a good use of our resources hmm. somewhere along the line if there was pushback going up who comes back and what precisely do they fear if the uk state was going to say oh we're not prosecuting that i wonder how bad it could have got well the the interesting thing is that the bank of america got bored so all these people are embroiled in horrible legal proceedings that are yeah. like massively inconvenienced in their life and i imagine quite financially bad for them as well there comes a point where the bank just the toll companies so it's not the bank of america is like the main company that's making money from it but of course they themselves the bank of america have outsourced the toll sure, to yeah. another there's now you know, they're the not toll company corp. which is this bridge yeah there's toll corp yeah i don't know what they're actually called but we'll toll, call them toll corp. yeah so toll corp uh, i don't want to lie if there's a real toll corp we're not talking about you talking about our hypothetical imagined toll call <laughs> whoever sent you this podcast linking in <laughs> going, gary i think they're talking about you we're, 
We're not. It's just a placeholder for a, for a little shell company. So Toll Corp get bored and then they just stop calling the cops on people. So people then refuse to pay. They just don't let them cross the bridge. So they're just, tra- they're just trapped on Sky or the other side. And they don't even call the police. And obviously... Oh, if- so, that, so someone driving across, they go, oh, that'll be £11.50. They mm. say, nah, I'm not paying that. Yeah. And they go, okay, well, you're not leaving your island. Yeah. Then. Yes, that's exactly what they do. How are they stopping them? Like, oh, just, is it, a, they, they, they just won't barrier. open the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Well, and they've probably got thugs, haven't they? Like goons. Um, goons, no match for a car. Just yeah. don't open the door. They were definitely, if you start, I, they didn't do that. Of all the direct action they took, I don't think they went that hardcore. Stop, no, so, I didn't mean drive over them. I mean, if someone's trying to fight you and you're in a car, you'll win because you have a car. Well, I imagine they have quite a strong gate on the. Yeah, if yeah, you're that's building, what I think. If you're a toll company, if you're a toll corp, you're going to be known for building strong toll gates. Because this, this story reminds me of like something that happened in Birmingham where... There were like some kids trying to fight someone that I like. I I knew a friend of a friend, mm. so we got on a bus. So they just started punching the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm imagining Toll Corp in that kind of scenario. Yeah, just punching the car. Let's just imagine that they've got a very good toll. They got a, they got like a port. Cullis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, a, there's, there's a massive cast iron steel plate. Yes, that needs to be lifted. They could pour b- boiling oil on you if you, sure. if you went under it. That we, no, not boiling oil, like acid that can eat through a car's metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spray xenomorph like a, acid. Yeah, xenomorph drool. But here's the thing: what do you do? So, like, you're you're at the toll corpse portcullis. The yeah. heavy's watching you. Toll corpse portcullis. Buckets, special <laughs> buckets full of xenomorph dribble eyeing yeah. you, right? You can't then call the cops because you know the cops are just going to side with toll corp. The cops are going to send you to court 15 times. Yeah, 120 miles away. Yeah. You're just fucking trapped. You're a prisoner on this island, a prisoner of a company from fucking California or wherever mm. Bank of America's based. So they just stop calling the cops and just stop paying to go through. So then they just get more extreme in their direct action because they got to go over the bridge. They find out that the company banks its money on a Friday, right? Uh-huh. So every Friday it banks the money. So what they do is they go at intervals on a Saturday morning with a hundred pound notes and no change. Right, because they're not going to be able to change that. Yeah, or they are, but it's a toll. It's a toll. So they're going to, it's going to take fucking ages. It inconveniencing them in terms of faffing about with the money, yeah. rinsing them of all their change. But they'd also, this is one of my favourites, they'd pay with giant cardboard checks. Is that legal tender? Uh, appa- apparently, if it is like the official, yeah, I think you can get them like printed up. By the bank. I had always been told because I remember asking this as a child, yeah, saying you can't really bring that into a bank. And I think like my nan said, no, they probably get a small check after the cameras are off. They get a small normal check. But you're telling me now that the giant checks you can take into a bank, and they'd be like, yep, yeah, we don't get these often, but we it's already on the manual what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they try and pay, and obviously it wouldn't even fit under the toll thing. Yeah, but they'd right. be like, well, listen, I am trying to pay your I'm trying me. to pay. Yeah, I have my money here. Look, it's written out to yeah. Bank of America, Toll Corp. So then they did some digging, right? Into Because uh-huh. they're all involved in these legal cases, right? So the lawyers started like looking into it and they found out the company, Toll Corp, mm-hmm. had changed its name since it got the deed to the land. Okay. So Robbie the Pict bought the old company name. Skybridge Tolls Limited and said, 
well, actually, all the tolls should be coming to me because, like, if you look at all the legal documents, it's that's... <laughs> yeah. It's my- you go off the word of these documents. <laughs> I own the bridge. Yeah. Right. And then, obviously, that caused them a huge legal nightmare, which is probably actually folded into the 129 things that are against Robbie yeah. picked because they're like saying, well, no, actually, it's on. He was like, well, I legally own it. Yeah. <laughs> right? But then they found out the land on which the toll booth and the approach road was built wasn't purchased properly in the legal documents because obviously it was just this chaotic rush job. Yeah. Was still technically recreational land because it was part of like a public park before. Oh, so it's publicly owned? Well, no, no, it was. It was public owned before. Yeah. So the public owned land that they technically sold to this toll company, but they had not changed its status as public recreational land. So it was privately owned, but technically at the same time, public recreational land. So they started playing football using the toll gate as the goal. Because legally they were allowed to. Yeah. And the cops couldn't do anything. Yeah. So if if Toll Corp is like, oh, you know, they're doing this, then the police would turn up and be like, well, yeah, they're allowed to do that. (laughs) I think the police probably still just arrested them. Yeah. But that's what they would, you know, they were trying to do. They also just tried to buy the bridge and the government blocked it. Right. Um, So stepped in on the side of the corporation. So they had enough money to buy the bridge. Possibly, possibly through lending or something. But then, so if you get into the actual financial breakdown of this, right? Mm -hmm. So the bridge was built by the Miller Group. So that's like the construction company that built it. And it cost £25 million to build. Yeah, and that's based on the private finance initiative that the the premise is the toll will the future tolls will pay this. Yeah, off, eventually right? you'll make more money than you spent building. Yeah, the bridge. hence private finance initiative. Yeah, sure. private company supposed to be financing it, but it wasn't just a private company that financed it, right? So keep that figure in your head: twenty five okay. million pounds. The UK government paid thirteen million pounds. Okay. The European Union paid thirteen million pounds. Uh huh. Are you following? Yeah, 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 yeah. The investors, the actual PFI investors, paid £14 million. So they did pay, is as an individual thing, more than either yeah. the EU or the UK for a total of £40 million. So the bridge cost £25 million to physically build, Yeah, which could have been financed just from the UK and the EU. Uh-huh. So it could have, there was absolutely no, no reason point, to bring them in. Yeah. No reason for financing, but there was £40 million. And also, why does this one shareholder get all the profit? Is yeah. that what's happening? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the government and the EU are seeing none of this. Yeah. Because that's what they're paying for. They're paying for, I don't know where the rest of that money went. God mm. knows. I'm not. I'm not that 40 million quid, obviously they paid 40 million pound because they were like, we'll definitely make more than 14 million pound. You know, this is yeah. investment. We're the Bank of America. These people will have no fucking yeah, way we'll to get- We'll definitely make more money than we put in because we can just ensure we do by yeah, setting it all. giant prison island, yeah. right? So the government had already paid the actual cost. It was completely- the, So the very first PFI- was completely pointless, uh-huh. right? The government had already paid for its cost, but even then, right? You know, the EU has these like regional development funds where yeah. if there's a deprived area, so Sky is obviously, it's a deprived area, it's a poor area of the UK. So, so it would have qualified for that. So actually, yeah. if they applied, the EU would have just paid for the whole thing. Yeah, There would be no PFI at all. PFIs have got nothing to do with saving money. The, the reason it was done is because the Isle of Skye is far away from mainstream public consciousness yeah. and it's an experiment. But then they just fucked people over. This campaign went on and on and on, just getting absolutely destroyed by this 
corporate monopoly maintained by a state that abolished the ferries and then used its cops to fuck over people's resistance yeah. to this horror show. <laughs> then the local Labour candidate in 97, because um, remember this started under Major, uh-huh. right? he's, he's called Donny Munro. And just like Robbie the Pict, he's a musician. He's in a band called Runrig, like a Celtic rock band. Yeah, yeah. He promises to get rid of the toll because he's trying to win the election, right? Wins the election and then just does fucking, absolutely fuck all to help any of them. Not only did this Labour MP not fucking stop I guess it. if you're running for an MP in the Isle of Skye, you really know what one thing to promise. Yeah. It's like an open goal, just going, I'll just claim that I'll get rid of the toll. But then, but not only did he not do it, the new Labour government spread PFI into almost mm. every aspect of public services, like a virus giving out like 60 new contracts a year. Yeah. Billions and billions and billions of pounds went into these like unfinished hospitals that where the corridors are too narrow to turn a hospital bed around in. Um, and, you know, just that, you know, all that sort of banana stuff, yeah. prisons built for, for, the, for these companies' profit. So he would have voted all that stuff through coming from the from, Isle of Skye, yeah. representing the Isle of Skye. The only thing that stopped it is they did stop it in like 2004. Uh-huh. There was like a Lib Dem Labour coalition in the Scottish government. And because yeah. it had been devolved, I think the Lib Dem, you know, we're talking the Blair era, so Charles Kennedy's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Lib Dems pushed to get it addressed. And that's, and that's what stopped it. And the government bought, by the way, remember the thing they'd already paid for. So 13 million from the UK government, 13 million from the EU. The mm. government, those two government institutions could have already paid for it, but they paid for it again. They paid, they bought it off the Bank of America and Toll Corp for 27 million pounds. During the decade that the tolls had been up, the company had collected 33.3 million pounds from one of the poorest areas in the UK. Wow. And that's the origin of PFI. And in 2000, so 2004 is interesting because New Labour were continuing to, even though their uh, Labour Lib Dem coalition did eventually stop this after a decade, they were continuing to proliferate PFI like a virus throughout the economy. But also 2004 is when the Lib Dems came out with that orange book, which is I mean, just look at the Wikipedia page for Orange Book. Yeah. It's, 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 it's when the right-wing sort of Thatcherite Lib Dems kind of go full neoliberal and like, do you know what? We need to privatise fucking everything. Mm. It's weird because it's like they were involved in stopping this. Well, some Lib Dems in Scotland were involved in stopping this right when uh, another faction of their party began going like pure neoliberal and, th- and seeing PFI as not necessarily PFI, but private initiative, the market as, yeah. you know, the best thing. So that's that's the story of the Isle of Skye toll booth. It's incredible. And that Robbie the Pict guy is still in, still in like right. in it legally. They got rid of like, the toll. The toll bridge went. Yeah, but, all the fallout. Yeah, the fallout maintains. Well, because they'll just the, the cops will just say, "Well, you, you broke the law." Yeah, a law that has now well, not been overturned, but the reasons why we're prosecuting you no longer apply. But the lack of that, that, that is not central to our public consciousness. I think a lot of people know PFI sucks now because even, even Cameron started railing against PFI. I remember him yeah. talking about like, ooh, there's, we're being charged £300 for a light bulb or whatever. They were, but it's I incredible. Think, this was very clearly done as a pilot scheme yeah, to be, yeah. let's, let's find out how PFIs work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're terrible. Shall we use the results of this experiment to change our behaviour? No. No, but if it had gone well, we would have published that. (laughs) I feel like a lot of pilot schemes become that way. Like, we've set up a pilot scheme to see this. Didn't Universal Credit, the pilot place for Universal Credit, it's like one of the most food bank-ridden places in the UK. So again, it's this idea of like, let's 
find out if universal credit works and oh, let's find doesn't. out now it, let's roll it out let's find out in this really deprived area yeah. where people who are ignored by the mainstream media because they're not middle class people in london uh, or they don't they don't fit the narrative of what but that's it it fits the, the exact same the yeah. exact same criteria yeah find some people that even if this goes terribly won't be on the front page of the independent <laughs> perfect nailed it Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella Jean with additional music provided by Jack Evans. If you've got this far, well done and thank you. Perhaps you might also be interested in subscribing, following us on Twitter at Mando Party or even giving us a nice review. Thank you, friend. Godspeed. Godspeed.